All right, now, without further ado, I need to call up our very, very, very extra special guest speaker. You know him as Pastor Gary Gilbertson. Gary, you need to come up here. Give him a round of applause. He's normally a special guest speaker, but today he is an extra, extra special guest speaker because it's Gary's birthday. You guys did such a great job participating earlier. I need your participation again. We're going to sing happy birthday to Gary. Are you ready? Painful. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. One candle made it to me. <laughs> Pastor Ken is gone this week, and we are so excited to have Gary bringing the word to us. Happy birthday, Gary. Thank, Thank you. you. We love you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. How many of you kids like dogs? I got an amazing dog story. Um, there was this talking dog, and um, the owner was going to sell it. So the person came in to interview the dog, and the, and the dog said, well, he said, uh, I used to be an alpine rescue dog. I carried that little thing of whiskey around and rescued a lot of people. And then when I lived in Seattle, I pulled a, a guy who had jumped off the bridge, but he survived. I saw that he'd survived. I went and rescued him. And then I've traveled to most of the European states, countries, and the guy was amazed. He says, why do you want to sell this dog? He said, he's a liar. He never did any of those things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I never was good at those kind of jokes. Okay. How many, how many of you would like to be stronger? I mean, anybody here want to be stronger? I mean, yeah. I got to be stronger. My wife still wants me to mow the lawn. Uh, we've got a fireplace, so I've got to chop wood, so this is how I get stronger, you know? That's how you do it. That's how you do it. You've got to do certain things if you want to gain strength. Now, Pastor Ken asked me to preach on power, strength today, so that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to tell you what the Bible says about getting stronger or getting power. Now, first of all, I'm going to turn you all into Greek scholars by giving you the two you don't believe me why do you roll your eyes laurel i'm gonna it's just gonna be good you know i can see everything from up here okay so so here's the two words it's dunamis should be up on the screen here for you and exousia exousia and dunamis those words are both used for power uh, in the bible and exousia is the kind of power that a president has. It's the authority. He has the authority to command the military of a country, whether it's our country or another one. The president has that exousia, that power to speak dunamis, the power of, the, of explosions, the power of guns, the, the actual... Um, utilization and manifestation of what we call power. 
So you need two kinds of power in order to have power. One is exousia and one is dunamis, where we get our, our word uh, dynamite. So how do we get these things? I'm going to read from uh, a very familiar passage, but it's a promise of God. God wants us to have power. He wants us to have power and because he's got power, and so he's going to delegate it to us. But here, let me, let me read um, from Acts, a uh, scripture that most of us here have read, and most of us even have memorized it. So when they'd come together, they asked him, now this was, uh, Jesus was actually alive and teaching on earth in his resurrected body for 40 days after he raised from the dead. And a lot of people don't realize that. He taught about the kingdom of God. He taught, pulled his disciples aside because they didn't really understand what he was saying before the cross. They didn't understand that. But after the cross, he, he came back and he said, look, you guys, here's what it's all about, the kingdom of God. And so in that teaching, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed in his own authority, but you will receive dunamis, power, explosive power, the kinds of things that raise the dead, heal the sick, uh, command demons. You'll receive power. I'm going to give it to you when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Not you will witness for me. You will start being a witness. When you get this power... Not inside of you, by the way, but on you. When you get this power, uh, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. Now, I want to explain something to us that many of us have heard before, but I want to do it. And that is to do with what's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When, when, Jesus, was, when Jesus was born, how many think he had the Holy Spirit right away? Anybody? Well, Two theologians here. There's another one. Okay. He had the Holy Spirit his whole life. He did not have to be born again. He was born of the Spirit. We need to be born again. And when we are, the Spirit comes in us. And it begins to transform our lives so we become like Jesus. That's why the Holy Spirit was given. That's why you're born again, to become like Him. Now, these disciples had already been apparently born again because Jesus had breathed on all of them. And that was the parallel uh, action that the father did to Adam when he went, and he breathed life into him. Now Jesus took his disciples and he went, received the Holy Spirit sometime before this. So they already had the Holy Spirit in them, just like Jesus already had the Holy Spirit. But then he said, now I want to give you power. And they would receive power, Jesus did. The Holy Spirit came upon him. The dove descended at his baptism, which would be a representation of our being born again. So it came upon him. He did not do any miracles before that. He did not ex exercise the power of God before that. But when the Spirit came upon him, he exercised power. He also entered something called spiritual battle for the first real time. And he entered into the wilderness and face Satan. And you'll find that when you are born again, 
And then when you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that you've also entered a new arena of conflict. And if you don't enter a new arena of conflict, you really haven't put a t-shirt on yet that I as a born-again, spirit-filled child of God. So um, there will be people ready to pray for you if you've never received this second work of the Holy Spirit. Now, sometimes that happens to people at one time. They receive Jesus in and on. So maybe, maybe everybody, you know, maybe you already have both. That's great. If you don't have them in you, please consider getting born again and starting a new life today. And if you have not received the power of God to do the very things that Jesus did when he was here, then consider getting some prayer afterwards for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Okay, um, how do you get the power of God working in your life? I want to read a little story from Luke about a man who was not a Jew, but Jesus made the most astounding statement about him. It was from Luke uh, chapter 7, and I'll be um, telling the story that goes from verse 1 through verse 10. And the story is this centurion, uh, Roman centurion, not a Jew, had a sick servant. And he really loved this servant. And um, he, uh, he sent people to Jesus because he had power. And, and he, here's what he said to him. Uh, when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. For, and here's, here's the amazing little phrase that... changed his life and his servant's life. He said, I am a man under authority. Not I'm a man in authority. I am a man under authority. If you want authority, you have to come under authority. Definition of the fear of the Lord is to be under his authority. You understand who's boss of the universe. When you understand who's head of this church, the elders, the deacons, uh, the pastors, when you understand that, authority here in this place because authority is always delegated. It is always delegated. And almost all of us are rebels and we don't like to be under authority. But you'll find it's when you're under authority, you get all those things that you wanted as you were a rebel. So he said, I too am a man under authority. He looked at Jesus and he saw that he could do these powerful works because he was totally submitted to God the Father. He could identify that. He said, I too am a man under authority uh, with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned to the crowd that followed and said to him, I tell you, now this is Jesus talking about an unconverted, apparently, maybe he was converted, but it doesn't say that. He is a Roman centurion. He said to him, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. 
and the servant got healed. Where did that faith come from? It came from understanding submission. It came from understanding who's in charge here. Who's in charge of this house? If you don't add, you're not going to go far. If you're not understanding who the boss is on, on, in your company, you're not going to go that far. If you don't understand how to honor that position, even if that person is not always honorable, but you understand that all authority comes from God, when you understand that, your faith, your ability to work and exercise power under that exousia will grow. But if you are used to gossiping and complaining about authority, I guarantee you one thing, you're not going to go that far. You're not going to go as far as God wants you to. You're not going to have the power in life that, that these apostles did when they saw people healed, delivered from demons. Um, and most of us need strength for mundane, everyday things, depression, headaches, we, um, family problems, relationship problems, disappointments, uh, we've all, we, heartbreaks. We all have those things, and, and Satan is just ready to cover us, and, 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 and we don't have the strength. We just don't have it. So God says, I want you to have dunamis to be able to shake those things off, and not only that, go to other people and shake them off, and not only that, cast out demons. I didn't used to believe in that. And when I saw that God gave me power to cast out demons, oh my goodness, it shocked me. It shocked me. And when I realized I had power to put my hands on people, and not only their headaches, but different parts of the body. I've never seen anybody raised from the dead. God hasn't given me that authority yet. And I don't know if I have it. I've prayed for one or two people to be raised from the dead, and we buried them. Um, but, but I don't know. And you don't know what kind of authority God has until you step out a little bit. You walk with him. You listen to him and say, really, God? You want me to, you want me to pray for that lady and, at, at uh, Walmart? Come on. So, I mean, this, is, this goes on pretty regularly for me now because I was so afraid of doing things before. You know, the Bible says, don't be ashamed because the name of Jesus is powerful. The gospel is, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God to salvation. Um, I've got something here. Huh. Stella, she signed a check, and she didn't put her name on it. But this check, if anybody wants it, it's got $20 on it. Anybody that wants it, come on up and get it. Anybody want it? Okay, all right. See, that's, what, that's the way it is in the kingdom, too. God signs a check. Nobody wants it. You've got to come up here. <laughs> you. All right, there you go. And we'll put, you, can put, yeah, you can give it to him. But it works. It's got my wife's name on it. She signed it. Do you know that Jesus wants to sign things for you? But you've got to believe he has given you that authority. You've got to believe he has authority over all demonic powers, over all depression, over all suicide. You've got to believe it so you pick it up. So I'm going to, and I, and I want to, you know, they said, don't preach in that name anymore. They're terrified. Wait, what, what's the big deal? Preaching in Jesus' name. Come on. What, what are we going to use Buddha or whatever? Do you mind if we preach in Krishna's name? Uh, you know, you can do all that. Don't preach in the name of Jesus. Why? 
because it's exousia that brings dunamis. That's why. And it was messing up their plans because these guys were exercising power they knew nothing about. And they were jealous of it. How these guys, these guys are ignorant. They are not that smart. Some of you are not that smart. Don't worry about it. In fact, you're maybe a better candidate for the power of God. He kind of looked for stupid people that don't know any better but to believe the check is signed. Some people are too smart for that. I can't figure this out. Is that demon going to go? Well, don't try to figure it out. Just look at the signature. Jesus. The name of Jesus. They were terrified of it. They were terrified of it. And in Acts, the, the, the disciples went around, and that's what they did. They used the, the name of Jesus. Now, if you don't have Jesus in here, you're not going to have a signed check from Jesus. And some people, you know, the, there's one story about the sons of Sceva. It says, they, seven guys, you know, hey, look at those disciples. They're commanding demons. Let's go do it. Hey, you demon-possessed person, you demon, get out of them in the name of Jesus. And you know what that demon did? Stripped them naked, and they beat them up. And they said 11 words you never want to hear. Paul, I know, and Jesus, I know, but who are you? You want your name to be registered as one of those who can receive checks from Jesus. And if you're not, you don't want to use that name. Like a lot of people use that name and swear with it. That's not smart. That's a really bad idea. When you use the name of Jesus, you want to be walking with him and talking to him regularly. You know what he said? He said, if you abide in me, it's abide in you. This is in John 14 and 15. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you want. What? How, how, how much is that? I said, and this is one of the most outrageous, there's certain things that Jesus said that are just outrageous. I said to you, if you abide in me, oh, there's, a, oh, there's the if. What does it mean to abide in God? It means to lead a clean life. It means to pay your bills on time. It means not to watch pornography, because he doesn't watch pornography, believe me. It means to be kind in your words. It means not to be sarcastic with your husband or your wife. It means to discipline your children and raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. If you abide in me and my words, oh, I got to know the Bible? Yeah, you got to know what the deal is. You got to know my ways. They got, they got to come out of you. You see, my son memorized the word of God. And when he came against the devil, when the devil came against him, he whipped out the sword of the Spirit. He didn't say, I'm the Son of God, get out of here, you loser. He did not say that. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And if we don't have the Word of God in our hearts, we're not going to do very well with seeing the dunamis of God worked out. There's another thing that we need. There's a few things to do to strengthen yourself. Jesus listed three, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to emphasize them. When you pray, when you fast, and when you do alms. Start with the last one. I, I have the privilege of talking to a lot of young people before they're married. In the most recent years, I make sure they do one thing. I say, you know what, get your, get your financial 
things in, in order. And go to Monroe's class, couldn't recommend something more important than understanding how to use money. Um, and so I say to these young people, I say one thing be sure you do. If you want to have success with God and with your money, give to the poor. What? Is it that important? It is essential. It is absolutely essential to give money to the poor. Absolutely essential. Do you know that there was a man who was not saved? He was not born again. But he prayed and he gave to the poor. And, and when he gave to the poor, an announcement went up to heaven. And in heaven said, look, that man, just is, he's giving to the poor and he's praying. He's not born again. Tell you what, send the dunamis down to Peter and send him to Cornelius' house that that man can get saved and all his friends. Pour out the dunamis on that guy that's giving to the poor. I mean, it's essential. When Paul was meeting with a council to get his doctrine straight, do you know what he said? He said, to make sure it was, it was straight, but he was meeting with the other apostles. He said, they only told me to remember the poor. After all that theological discussion, they, they said, just remember the poor. How important is it then? How important is that to remember the poor? If that's the one thing that the council made sure Paul was going to do, which I was glad to do. He already knew that kind of stuff. When you give to the poor, when you pray, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in their midst. Um, as Stella and I get closer and closer, and it has taken time, we're going to have 50 years Give us a hand. 50 years this year. <laughs> 50 years. And we had some hard times when we could not pray together. We didn't want to kiss each other. I mean, it was hard. So don't get discouraged, some of you that are having marriage problems. I mean, uh, I mean but we hung in there because we had a co covenant with God and with each other. So we hung in through there. But it's getting better and better and better. And now we pray together every morning and every night. I tell you what, there's power. There's power. There's power. And recently, at the beginning of the year, the Bible says, if you want to do something with your prayers to beef them up, fast. Fast. I'd, I never fasted. And I saw a friend doing that. I said, oh, man, I don't like that idea. I like fried chicken. I mean, I, <laughs> amen. There, I got a hand over here, all right. I, I don't like that idea. But you know what? Once I started fasting, I like that idea. Not because I wasn't eating, because of the incredible power I saw coming for the clarity I heard God. And the day Stella and I, she, I said, honey, um, could you do, uh, I'm going to fast these days at the beginning of the year. Could you just join me for, in, in some way? And she did. And I tell you what, at the end of that fast, I had one of the best, we had one of the best days of our whole life after that unity of prayer and fasting. We had three different groups of people visit us, a couple of them spontaneously. And, and the, the discussion about the Lord and the, and the prayers and the prophecies that happened in my living room, it was just like, I just, it was all day long. I, I was just in, literally, in heaven. You know, it wasn't all me, but it was power released. And we just love hospitality. And so to, to have people in our home and have the food for them that, and everything, it was just marvelous. But fast, 
The Bible doesn't say if you decide to fast. It says when you fast, do this. It doesn't say if. So I tell people, if you're not fasting, and I, I'm discipling a couple of guys, I said, start fasting. And I got a call from one of them. He said, oh, I fasted from 8 o'clock till 4 o'clock. I can't believe how hard that is. And of course, he ate before 8 o'clock and right at 4, you know. That's okay. One time I fasted for two hours. <laughs> two hours! I was at George Treesize's house. Uh, he, was, he was a grocery store guy that I was renting from the house that Stella and I were living up on Jackson Hill in, in Palestine, Texas. And he was, he was the owner of this little store. Uh, just a, it was just a little one mom pa grocery store, and so he was the only one that worked there. And I'd go in to see him. We became friends. He was a believer in Christ. And he would just go behind the meat counter and start slicing salami, and we'd just start talking and fellowshipping and eating all the time I was there. I said, George, John Pickle is just about going to have a, these southern names are really something. John Pickle is just about ready to get a divorce. We should pray for him. And I said, yeah, we should fast for him. And I said, let's just fast for two hours. I mean, that's how constantly we're eating. So we... <laughs> so... I said, it's 12 o'clock, let's fast till 2 o'clock. So he says, deal. So we fasted and chatted and whatever and prayed for John Pickle. At 2 o'clock sharp, John Pickle called the store. And we ministered to him. He called us. At, and at, at, I had never gotten a call from John Pickle. I don't know if, if George had before. But we looked at each other and said, this stuff works. And if God will do something for the little thing, do the bigger things. And let that grow in you. Mike Bickle, who is one of the foremost intercessory leaders in the world, he said, and this is his opinion, so it's an opinion, but I think it's accurate. He said, I don't think anyone will enter the fullness of their ministry and I'll add use of dunamis that doesn't fast regularly. So I would encourage you, if you don't fast, Start with one day a week. If that is too much for you, start with one meal a week. But add fasting to your prayers. One of the scriptures that, that um, in the scripture where they couldn't cast out the demon, uh, and, and Jesus had given them some authority, but they needed more strength within that authority, and they couldn't cast the demon out, and they couldn't figure it out. And, and uh, it was a special kind of demon. And uh, Jesus says, oh, you have little faith. In other words, they need more faith. How do you get more faith? You pray, you obey, and, uh, and he cast it out. And they said, why couldn't we do it? He said, this kind only comes out by prayer, and one, and one of the, it's a little bit questionable in the scriptures uh, because of, of uh, the different copies we have of the scriptures, so I'll put that caveat in there. But he said, and fasting. This kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. So please, take up all of the things that God gives you to experience dunamis. And, and, and not just the casting on the demons, but praying with power for people. You know, I mean, uh, all of us are not going to be casting out demons, although we all can. Because the Bible says in Mark, these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, they shall speak in new tongues. In my name, they're going to cast out demons and heal the sick and uh, uh, lay hands on the sick. So those things are open to all of us. So keep on walking for those things but the more mundane things are the more common things, and that is doing spiritual battle for one another, doing spiritual battle for your own family, your own spouse, your own kids, 
you know, but it takes fasting and prayer. And you know what, another thing that's interesting? You know, there's a lot of things in the Bible we don't talk about. This guy came up to me, I was a, a grocery manager of a kind of a grocery, a grocery aisle, aisle of a large store, and he said, uh, he, he whispered to me, he was one of these crazy charismatics, and I was just barely a very docile charismatic. And he comes up to me, and he looks around the shelves, and he knew I was a Christian. He says, brother, there's power in the shout. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> and there is. It's not just for Jericho, people. If you get in the car alone, you know, a lot of things we want to do alone, and that's okay. I dance alone, and I shout alone. When I get in the car, sometimes the Spirit of God will come on me. I'll, I'll be praying for one of my kids that may, maybe I'd to see something different happening in their life than, that's going on now. And I find myself just shouting, I want my son, this thing for my son. Just shouting, don't hold back. We've, you know, God is an emotional God. He's got more emotions than anybody in this room. He's more passionate, more loving, more hate and wrath than anybody in the world. Nobody is going to supersede him in any emotion. And he loves a shout. He loves a dance. He loves passionate prayer. And I'm, I, you know, and another thing he likes is the sign of submission, the sign of total brokenness and weakness before him. Pray on your knees. I was so embarrassed, even in front of my wife, I didn't want to get on my knees, you know, as we pray at night. I didn't. I just felt, ooh, you know, it's just, you know what it is? It's humbling. Yeah. yeah. So now every night, I'm at the end of the bed on my knees. And I'm so grateful that God is starting to break me. You know, before, in the prayer time before, and, and here it was mentioned, when we're weak, then the dunamis can show up of God. Because he wants us to know where the power comes from. Because if we think it comes from us, believe me, we're going to be like one of those fallen evangelists that got big-headed when he saw the dunamis working out of him. That's what happens to a lot of people. They exercise the authority of God, and they all of a sudden think it's there. No, no. It comes from God. And he, he has ways of keeping us humble. But when we acknowledge our weakness, we don't have the strength to fight this depression in our life. We don't have this strength to see town changed, our church deeper in, involved with you, Lord. We don't, you know persecution is coming? I don't know if you knew that, but most of the world is getting persecuted now. They're losing their jobs, heads, and houses for the sake of the gospel, Jesus Christ. And guess what? It's coming here. We will not be able to preach from this pulpit in a public way and say everything the Bible says without being fined in the very near future. It's already happening in Canada. It's already happening in some states. Hate language, a lot, lot, of, lot of things that it's being called. And it's simply the love of God being expressed in the fullness of his justice and his love. You won't be able to do that. It's coming. I don't know if it'll come in my lifetime, but I tell you what, I want to be prepared for it, and I'm not. I am a wuss at heart. I, I get upset when I turn the shower on cold instead of hot. I am not set for pain yet, but I believe God will help me. 
if it comes. Physical pain, financial pain, societal rejection. Some of us are already experiencing that because of what we believe. Some, some of us are already a little bit, but believe me, it's just a little bit for anybody here, for anybody in America. It's just a little bit. But if we are going to go into the battle when it gets furious, we are going to have to have more strength. So how do we ourselves? How do we get that dunamis going? Another way is speaking in tongues. I used to teach, in fact, I told my best friend who spoke in tongues, I said, it's a demon. That's what I told him. I said, Paul, you have a demon. He said, I'll be careful about it. And a year later, I asked him to lay hands on me that I could speak in tongues. Now, Paul, you know what Paul said about tongues? Now, he was the most, I think he's arguably the most powerful apostle that has ever experienced the dunamis of God. I think that's easy to say, Paul. You know what he did all the time? He spoke in tongues. That ought to tell us something. Paul, strongest man, you know, the Samson of the New Testament, the strongest man. One of the things he did regularly. You know, if somebody's, if somebody's really buff, you know, you want to know, what do you, what do you do to look like that? You know, you ask him, you probably take some of his advice. Well, if you see a, a man strong spiritually, we ought to take his advice. And he said this, he said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. How did he know that? How could he make such a boast? You know, how did he know? Maybe, maybe Peter spoke in tongues. Maybe, you know, nobody's going to speak in tongues more than me. I do it all the time. Now, if you don't speak in tongues yet, please get some prayer. You say, well, I've had that prayer many times. I don't understand why some people don't speak. It's true, but that doesn't mean you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, so don't let it shake you up, okay? But do speak in a, a language that you've never learned, and sometimes you can do it, realize how subtle it is. I'm losing a uh, battery on this thing, I think. When you don't, real, or you don't realize... Um, uh, some of those things. Um, lost my thought there, I'm sorry. Um, anyways, tongues will really um, give you not just the power of God when you're going and, and, and when you don't know how to pray. Um, I know sometimes I have prayed in tongues most unusual times. Like I was trying to help my daughter one time with math and I did not understand how that thing was going to work. And so I just sat there and went down to And I tell you what, the thought came to me how to do it. Sometimes I've been looking how to fix something in the house. Uh, I remember trying to fix a lamp and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. I thought, oh, like, oh, it is amazing. I lose things. I speak in tongues. I find things. It is amazing when you pray a language you don't know that is a perfect prayer of worship to the Lord and you do that. It is amazing what things break loose. So I'm just giving you little hints at how to up your strength and experience the dunamis of God in your life, the authority. The I, um, and, you know, when Jesus tells you to do something, you got his authority. You know, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can a ask whatever you want, you can do. I mean, it's just amazing the freedom it is if you are totally under the authority of Jesus. Percy Smith was my boss 
in um, uh, Palestine, Texas, when I was working at this uh, kind of like a Target store. And uh, Percy Smithart, what a name. Anyways, Percy was a spirit-filled Christian too. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I saw a, a blackbird flying around the store. And I said, Percy, there's a blackbird loose. He said, yeah, well, I don't know how to get rid of that thing. I said, I do. So what do you want to do? He said, I want to shoot it. He said, all right, go back in the firearms and get a BB gun, see if you can get it out of here. So I tell you, I was walking around the store, down the aisles, chasing that thing with a gun, with a gun. I was going like, people looking at me like, what in the world are you doing? You know, it's just a BB gun, but it looked pretty, yeah, you know. So I'm walking around stalking this, and I wasn't afraid of anybody stopping me because Percy told me I should do it, and he was the exousia in that store, so he was giving me the dunamis to go and take care of business. And I cornered that blackbird in, in the stock room and took care of business. But I had the authority to use the dunamis, despite what everybody would have guessed. You know, what are you doing? I'm casting out demons. Why? Because my God told me I could do it. And I'm supposed to do it in this instance. When you, you know when not to do things as well as when to do them when you're under authority. Okay. I think I almost got it all here. prayer. I'm actually going to finish early. This is absolutely amazing. I still got seven minutes or something like that. Maybe I could stretch it out. Any questions? No. <laughs> you know what I want us to do? You got a question? <laughs> All right. I want us to pray the Lord's Prayer and listen. You say it. We'll be praying it, but keep your eyes open. And I'm going to stop you at one point. Okay? Together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For hold it. For what? Thine is the what? That means the authority. That's the authority. That's the exousia. You are the authority over everything, for thine is the kingdom and the what? That's dunamis. See, we make this confession, but we don't realize what we're praying. For you've got the authority, you've given dunamis to me, but it's yours, and I can't access it without walking with you, because you are the authority. For thine is the kingdom the power, and then what? The glory. It all goes to you, God. You may give him more authority or this one or that one and God or me. But it's not us, God. Because, let's say it again. Because thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory and amen. Five minutes early. God bless us.
Thank you so much, Pastor Gary. If you see him again, tell him happy birthday. This is City Hills, year empowered by the Holy Spirit. Be thinking about that, about the dunamis. Pray about that. Pray, chase after what God has for you, for us as a church, that power. We have a team of people in 108 that would love to pray with you about that or anything else. Please be welcome to do that. If it's your first time here, go find someone at the Welcome Center. If it's your first time online, check us out, cityhill.org, and go in the power and the authority of Jesus. Amen.